This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is interesting. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm superstar Frank Morano. A new audio recording appears to feature an American Airlines pilot reporting an unidentified flying object, which we we used to call UFOs, we now call them UAPs, during a flight from Boston, Massachusetts to Middletown, Pennsylvania. The pilot claimed that the UFO went 180 degrees in like a second. Earlier, they had reported that an American Airlines pilot had a strange encounter with an alleged UFO, which took place on February 12th on a flight from Boston's Logan International Airport to the Harrisburg International Airport in Middletown, Pennsylvania. So this is probably the same flight, but this is the first time we're getting the audio of it. So an audio recording was posted on the YouTube that documents a conversation between this unidentified pilot and an air traffic operator. And at the beginning of the audio recording, and we're going to let you hear this, the pilot can be heard telling the air traffic control operator, well, you're going to think I'm crazy. There's something that just went from right to left to right in a blink and then flashed his lights three or four times and then vanished. When the air traffic control operator explained that whatever the pilot spotted was likely another airplane that had recently been in the area, the pilot noted that the unidentified aircraft went 180 degrees in like a second. After the pilot shared the abnormal speed at which the alleged UFO turned, the air traffic controller operator can be heard asking the pilot to let them know if the UFO was spotted again. So uh, I think this is really interesting. The alleged report of this pilot comes after the Pentagon announced the launch of a new website last fall under the All-Domain Anomaly Research Office, Arrow, in an effort to provide the American public with declassified information regarding UFOs, which the government labels unidentified anomalous phenomena, UAPs. Uh, Let me let you hear the audio, and I'd be curious if you have a thought as to what this actually is. I mean, let's say it's not aliens. What is it? Maybe it is aliens. Who knows? 800-848-9222. This is what we've been talking about. Well, you're going to think I'm crazy. There's something that just went from right to left to right in a blink and then flashed the lights three, four times a bench. Okay, well, I had an airplane cross uh, from right to left, uh, E-175. And now there's another one, a triple seven up there, high off the right side, that's descending to 28. That might be those two aircraft, I'm not sure. Uh, this thing went 180 degrees in like a second. Oh, goodness. Uh, all right. Yeah, let me know if you see it again. We'll make a report. Uh, well, the details, it literally went from one coast to the other uh, in front of us, and then it went up like 30 degrees, turned off its lights, or whatever it had. It looked like it's a bright orangey thing, and then 
since we spoke to you last, it flashed us like three, four times, but it's still, we are still looking at it now. I would say probably 80, 60, 80 miles in front of us, and it looks like it's coming, I don't know, it's flashing towards us, but it is definitely not an aeroplane, it doesn't have the strobe lights or anything on it, it's just this bright orange going on and off. Yep, this definitely wasn't an aeroplane. Definitely wasn't an airplane. Obviously, there's no way of knowing, but I'll ask you the question anyway. What do you think it was? 800-848-9222. Meantime, in Japan, Satoshi Kirishima is dead. But DNA tests have now confirmed that he was one of Japan's most wanted. If you're not up on this story, it's a really interesting one. A DNA test has revealed that a dying man who claimed to be one of Japan's most wanted criminals was telling the truth. Satoshi Kirishima made his confession in January telling police, I want to meet my death with my real name. And officials have now confirmed the 70-year-old indeed was Kirishima, a member of a militant group behind several deadly bombings in the 70s. Exactly how he remained at large for so long, despite his face adorning posters across Japan, that's anybody's guess. But this fella is suspected of helping plant and detonate a homemade bomb that destroyed part of a building in Tokyo's Ginza district in April of 1975. At the time, he belonged to the East Asia Anti-Japan Armed Front, a radical left-wing organization believed to be behind several bombings against companies in Japan's capital of Tokyo in the 70s. And Karishma is alleged to have been involved in four other attacks the group carried out. Two other members were sentenced to death for their involvement in, in the attacks. And it's thought he's the only member of the group never caught by police. Not that they ever gave up. A picture of him when he was in his 20s has been appearing on posters outside police stations across the country for decades. Yet, despite his image being publicized everywhere, neighbors were caught completely unaware when his identity was revealed last month with one describing him as a calm and serious man, albeit with a tendency to play guitar in his room after a few drinks. So he took on a whole new identity. He'd been going under the name Hiroshi Uchida and had reportedly lived in the city of Fujisawa on the western edge of Tokyo for almost 40 years and basically got away with being a fugitive for 40 years until he was dying. Then came clean. I guess a mystery solved. All right. Do you remember the story I told you about Craig Calloway? Craig Calloway's um, ballot harvesting operation has been legendary in South Jersey. He was the president of the Atlantic City City Council. He went to prison years ago. Now he's charged again. Uh, Some of you might have seen this covered on Fox News by Jesse Waters. I'm amazed at what has transpired here. So understand... This is someone that engages in ballot harvesting. Everyone knows he engages in ballot harvesting. Candidates would spend tens of thousands of dollars to hire him to do this. He gets arrested, charged with election fraud. And yet, he continues to speak in public. He just spoke at a political function. But, now keep in mind, this is someone that was a leading Democrat for years. He didn't speak at a Democratic group. He spoke at one of the most conservative groups 
in the state. Why? Why would they want him? Why would he do it? We have tracked down Seth Grossman. Seth Grossman, I I mean, tracked down, he's a friend of mine. But um, Seth Grossman is an attorney, as conservative as they come. His group, Liberty and Prosperity, hosted Craig Calloway. What does he hope to gain by having someone speak to his group that engages in ballot harvesting? What can you learn? And why would he do it? Seth Grossman joins us in a moment to explain the answers to those questions and more. Uh, especially, uh, definitely going to be of interest to our listeners on Talk 1400 WOND, but this is a nationwide problem. Every, all of our listeners around the country should be listening straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Well, it's a funny thing about the 2020 election. A good number of people that voted for President Trump still don't believe that the election was on the level. And part of the reason that cited, and I can tell you this anecdotally from my own experience, talking to callers and talking with friends of mine, family members of mine that think this election was, the previous election rather, was rigged and may have concerns about the future election being rigged is because of the prevalence of absentee ballots and mail-in ballots. And an interesting thing has happened over the last few years. The use of mail-in ballots and messenger ballots has become, in a lot of places, even more prevalent. This has a lot of Republicans really concerned. All right, so that's one corner of the ledger. Meantime, 26 days ago, it was reported that a former Atlantic City, New Jersey politician by the name of Craig Calloway, a longtime Atlantic City power broker, was charged with election fraud. And he was accused of paying others to illegally obtain mail ballots, in some cases cast without voters' knowledge. And the interesting thing about this is that From what I could tell, this was kind of an open secret in Atlantic City, New Jersey, for a long time. But a lot of people that have given advice on how Republicans can start winning elections, they've said they need to start emulating the strategy that people like Craig Calloway was doing. And the question then a lot of people would ask is, well, isn't that cheating? Well, maybe, maybe not. Somebody who has uh, some answers and certainly a lot of opinions on those questions is somebody that has opinions on almost everything. He is uh, Seth Grossman, an attorney, a former Republican candidate for Congress, former member of the city council in Atlantic City, and the founder of Liberty and Prosperity, also a full-time constitutional activist. Seth, it's great to talk to you again. Thanks for joining me on the radio. Great. And this is yet another example where what happens to America happens to Atlantic City first. Because <laughs> a lot of uh, 
you know, Trump supporters were just shocked that, that Trump is leading in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin uh, at 11 o'clock at night. And then they get up the next morning and they find out that over the next few days that lead goes away and, uh, and, and Democrat Biden is leading. Well, uh, that's been happening in Atlantic City elections for 20 years uh, when we had the Democrat uh, mayor uh, 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 Jim Whalen was ousted by a candidate favored by Craig Calloway. Uh, and that was when uh, uh, Callaway perfected a system of getting out the vote using mail-in ballots and messenger ballots, which are counted later. Seth, as you get, th- yeah. th- there's a lot that I want to get into with you uh, regarding the messenger ballots and regarding Craig Calloway, because I saw the video of him speaking at your event. And uh, I was uh, quite frankly, I was blown away that he agreed to do this. And then I uh, I came away actually very impressed by his speech. I'm going to get into why in just a minute, uh, just to give folks a little bit of an idea of your background. You were on the city council in Atlantic City decades ago. And if my memory serves. That was back in the era when uh, the city council was elected in nonpartisan elections rather than what's there now. Uh, Give me your view, Seth. What's better for Atlantic City and maybe for municipalities in general? Partisan elections like they have now or nonpartisan elections, which a lot of other cities around the country currently utilize? Well, it really doesn't matter. Uh, And what the heart of it is, is that elections today uh, with the new system of voting, with mail-in ballots, with messenger ballots, with last-minute registration, uh, with uh, provisional ballots, early voting, all this stuff encourages uh, what we call zero-motivated voters to vote. Uh, in other words, uh, Rush Limbaugh always talked about his low-information voters who would be swayed by the last TV commercial uh, that they saw. But what's really going on in, in politics today is that maybe about 5 to 10% of voters uh, don't care about politics, they don't read newspapers, they don't watch TV. They would never, ever vote if left on their own because they just don't care. Many are sick, many are drunk, many are on drugs, many are homeless, uh, but they're all legal citizens, and their votes legally count as much as anybody who uh, is informed. Now, historically, when, you, when they had to go vote on Election Day, only a fraction of these people voted. But because of all these systems that encourage uh, them to vote without leaving their kitchen table, uh, they're all voting. And, they, and again, they're voting for the last person that comes in to, to, to knock on their door, and they are influencing close elections. Hmm. And Craig Calloway of Atlantic City figured that out. And uh, nothing illegal he does. Uh, he just uh, developed personal relationships. He's motivated. Uh, and he does what Republicans don't have a clue uh, as, as as what's going on. Seth, we're going to use a few terms here over the next few minutes, a, a couple that I want to clarify. One thing that we've heard from time to time is the, not only with respect to Callaway, but just in general, is the term ballot harvesting. Explain to folks what that term means. What is ballot harvesting? Ballot harvesting means getting people who would normally never vote now, it's not stealing, it's not cheating, it's not ballot stuffing. You have people who are either homeless, drunk, on drugs, don't care, sitting in their apartment, sitting in the street, uh, living under the boardwalk. Uh, and harvesting is uh, taking the intensive time to go out and see them and get them registered to vote and then follow up. And when it's time to uh, uh, elections getting close, 
uh, to, to make sure they fill out a paper ballot. Now, now this had been going on for years in the Nucky Johnson Boardwalk Empire days uh, in, the, in the Chicago Mayor Daily Machine. Uh, the, the machines who benefited from government, in other words, most uh, Americans never cared about who won or lost an election because you advanced your career with a private job. But certain people who depend on a city job, a city contract, a county job, a government job, and now with the new socialism we have in America, uh, reparations or all sorts of excuses to get money from the government, there's a big payoff if your team wins the election and you will win the election by whatever means necessary. And, and this ballot harvesting is very labor-intensive, very expensive, and Democrats have perfected how you reach these uh, almost brain-dead voters and make sure that they get their signature uh, on a piece of paper, and it's much easier and much cheaper to get them to fill out these paper ballots than to try to find them and drag them to the polls on a single election day. That's why the Democrats wanted these changes in the last 20 years in the first place. Well, what I think most people are familiar with the idea of an absentee ballot. If I have a reasonable expectation that I'm going to be out of uh, the city, of, well, I live in New York City, if I have a reasonable expectation that I'm going to be out of New York City on election day, I can request an absentee ballot. They'll send one to my house. I'll fill out the absentee ballot and mail it in. Explain to folks what the law is in the state of New Jersey currently as it relates to messenger ballots and how that's different from your typical absentee ballot situation that I just described? Well, that's the key to what happened uh, in Atlantic City, because after Ronald Reagan uh, shocked the Democrats by winning that election in 1980, uh, Democrats quietly uh, changed the rules and said you could get a messenger ballot or an absentee ballot for any reason. It used to be you had to uh, have a doctor say you were sick or had an illness or a disability. It used to be you had to say I have a work uh, requirement out of town. But in the 1980s, the Democrats uh, quietly changed that law, and the stupid Republicans in New Jersey and throughout the country went along with it, saying, oh, it's wonderful. It's going to boost turnout. We're going to have more people voting. Isn't that great? What's not great, because now close elections are determined by brain-dead, uninformed, drunk, uh, uh, drug addict uh, people. And, and that's what changed. And Craig Calloway uh, was one of the first in Atlantic City to notice the change. And he said, well, why waste our time trying to get people registered and talk them into voting for our candidate? And then 90 percent of them don't show up at Election Day. Let's put those votes in the bank. And that's exactly what they did. So uh, where it used to be, it'd have 30 or 40 of these mail-in ballots in Atlantic City. They would bring in 1,500, 1,800, and they were shaping close elections. Now, uh, everything they did was legal. Craig Calloway, if people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Seth Grossman. He's with uh, Liberty and Prosperity. You could check out his group at uh, libertyandprosperity.com. There's a lot of uh, interesting uh, content on there that people can, uh, can check out, not only local stuff but national stuff as well. Craig Calloway, I always understood to be a power broker that different political figures would hire.
hire, mostly Democrats, but not exclusively. And then he would bring his services to bear for that candidate. And this included a ballot harvesting operation. And it was my understanding, and I've been following Atlantic City politics for close to 20 years, that this was kind of uh, an open secret in Atlantic City. And I know uh, Callaway himself had gone to prison previously for a sex blackmail case. Was this indeed an open secret in Atlantic City that this is what Craig Calloway does? Well, well no. First of all, the criminal charges, uh, we, we could talk about that for a whole show, uh, and, and they're trumped up, and and they happened years ago. But the heart of it is uh, Craig Calloway got out the votes for Democrats, and he set the pattern. And uh, when uh, Al Gore ran for president in 2004, Craig Calloway was re- recruited to, to uh, teach his ta- tactics, perfectly legal tactics, to Democrats around the country. Uh, his criminal problems began when uh, Craig Calloway got fed up with Democrats and the corruption in the party and the way uh, Democrats would use the black voters just to win an election and then, uh, uh, and then just you know, make their lives worse afterwards. So it was only after Craig Calloway helped uh, a Congressman Jeff Van Drew uh, get reelected after he switched parties from Democrat to Republican. That is when Craig Calloway popped up on the Democrat radar hmm. screen, and that's when it, when the Democrat Biden Justice Department uh, trumped up these charges uh, to to, uh, to put Craig Calloway under surveillance. And it's very very suspicious, in my view, that Craig Calloway would uh, bring uh, you know ballots, uh, thousands of ballots to the polls. And the, the criminal charge is based on irregularities in four ballots in the 2022 election and the timing uh, to, to cripple Craig Calloway when he's about to work for Republicans just before the 2024 election seems a little bit more than a coincidence. Interesting. Interesting. In watching your introduction of him uh, at your Liberty and Prosperity event, uh, by the way, I guess my invitation to that may have been lost in the mail, Seth, um, <laughs> you, you you referred to him as a friend. And then when he began his remarks, he reiterated that the two of you guys are friends. Thank you for those kind <laughs> words, Seth. And you are my friend indeed. Now, the two of you guys have as different a background and a pedigree as can be. You're uh, uh, a white Jewish man. He, you know, rather slender. He is uh, a heavy set black man. You're a conservative's conservative, a uh, longtime Republican. He made his career in Democratic politics and was the president of the Atlantic City Council, a bastion of, uh, you know, basically Democratic uh, p- political machinism. How did the two of you end up being friends when you come from different places and presumably different worldviews. Well, that's the remarkable part of Atlantic City. We're both products of Atlantic City. And if you follow the history of Atlantic City, there's a lot of truth uh, to the Boardwalk Empire and Nucky Johnson, not because of the gangsters, but because Atlantic City was always a town where people were free to do what they wanted mm. to do. If you wanted to drink, you drink. If you wanted women, you had women. If you wanted to gamble, you had uh, you, you gambled. And the state government, under the progressive Democrats of Woodrow Wilson, uh, would throw uh, people in Atlantic City uh, in jail for giving people what they wanted to do when they were on vacation. <laughs> now, the remarkable thing about Atlantic City is uh, until the 1930s, 
black Americans voted overwhelmingly for Republicans, the party of Abraham Lincoln, right up into the 1930s when uh, Roosevelt and the New Deal changed that. However, in Atlantic City, uh, most black Americans continue to vote for Republicans and be loyal to the Republican organization that Nucky Johnson uh, and the Boardwalk Empire put together right into the 1960s. Uh, We were always a town of, uh, of, of enterprise, letting people free to make their most important decisions, uh, and it was the Democrats who wanted to smother us with these government regulations that made it impossible to do business. So really, by going to the same Atlantic City High School, uh, by, by having uh, businesses in common, by having a tradition of immigrants, uh, you know, building their own businesses where the government was not your friend. The government was the inspector looking for technicalities to either shake you down or shut you down. So we really have a, a long background uh, and a lot in common, even though you would think uh, that a, you know, a, a Jewish guy from Atlantic City you know, uh, who becomes a lawyer and, and a guy who, uh, who, who just sort of uh, hustled uh, to make a living uh, in those early pre-casino days, we, we really have a lot in common. Interesting. I, I love that. And you're right. That is a uniquely Atlantic City story. We're talking with Seth Grossman. Uh, check out uh, Liberty and Prosperity at libertyandprosperity.com. And, and by, by the way, one thing on that website, we have it posted, uh, an, an, an unintended uh, teaching moment of Craig Calloway speaking to us. As you compare the 25-minute speech, uh, a logical, persuasive explanation of what ballot harvesting is, and you saw how Jesse Waters and Fox News completely twisted mm. every word that, that Craig Calloway said. You look at the video of uh, Fox News, you look at the video of what really happened side by side, that's really a teachable moment on libertyandprosperity.com, how easy it is to completely manipulate the so-called news. It's interesting. First of all, I I think you're right. And it's also uh, interesting to hear, you know, a conservative taking issue with the editorial judgments of Fox News. Usually it's the left that takes issue with some of the creative editing that Fox News uh, that Fox News does. So I thought that was interesting. Tell people, though, Seth, why you uh, made the decision to invite Craig Calloway to speak. And what I mean by that is a lot of people would hear about this ballot harvesting operation that Craig Calloway has, getting homeless people and drunk people and uh, all sorts of people that are not interested in the outcome of any given election to vote, and they would think that's the antithesis of what a conservative like Seth Grossman would would be interested in. I've been trying to get Craig Calloway on this show for years. I don't think I've gotten an email return from him. How uh, I'm shocked that he did this, and he gave this speech after he was arrested and charged. Why did you invite him to speak? What were you hoping to get out of this? Well, we invited him, of course, before we knew he was going to get indicted. Uh, and, and we thought that's the key issue, that Republicans don't have a clue as to what ballot harvesting is. They think it's illegal. They think there are uh, illegal votes coming out there. And in and, and every election, in every system, where they have paper ballots or uh, mechanical voting machines, there will always be some people willing to go to jail uh, for a very marginal result. But but real cheating, real fake ballots is very, very rare. Uh, and we want to point out that the real problem is uh, the, this extended voted, the early voting, the paper ballots. It's not that there are fake ballots. Uh, it's not that the ballot box is being stuffed. It's that these unmotivated 
Uh, again, Rush Limbaugh used the term low information voters, but these voters are really zero information mm-hmm. voters, zero motivation voters. Right. A homeless and, guy and living dem- under the boardwalk doesn't care who his city councilman is. Exactly. And you really should not have these people voting. Uh, and, and it does make it easier uh, to cheat because uh, you know, we'll hear conservatives talking about we got to purge the voter rolls. We have thousands of dead people uh, uh, you know, on the books and we have to spend all this time and money and energy to get them off the books. But guess what? If you had a real election day where people had to show up in person, that would cure 90 percent of the problem. And it did cure 90 percent of the problem because dead people just don't show up to the polls on election day. But people can manipulate paper. So, uh, but again, it, it's rare. We wanted to point out that that structurally, uh, Demo- we, we we invited Craig Calloway just so people understood uh, what the uh, what the problem is. Because if you assume the problem is cheating, and then you're suddenly going to have white Republican voters uh, show up at a uh, in, in black polling places uh, to say we're going to stop all the cheating. All they're going to do is they're going to really make the you know uh, black voters so angry that those unmotivated voters would show up and vote on their own. Right. It would be counterproductive. So, so, so we want to show what, what the true problem is so you can see what the true solution is. So from your perspective, the solution is to change the law to allow uh, less of this, uh, you know, messenger ballots and more in-person voting. That's very clear. Uh, I give Craig Calloway. A- right, 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 right. But, but the catch-22 is, uh, you know, we had a system that worked for 120 years. Uh, we had one election day. You had to show up. It was very difficult to get uh, paper uh, ballots. Uh, we had mechanical voting machines, shoop mechanical voting machines with a register tape that was impossible to tamper with. And suddenly in 20 years, Democrats throw all that out the window and uh, and Bush Republicans go along with it. Bush McCain with the Help America Vote Act of 2001. So we have to go back at some point to the system we had before. But the catch 22, you can't go right. back Understood. to the system you had before until you win it, an election I, I with, get it. with the system the way it is I, right I now. I get it. No, no, no. I, and you're one of the few people that I've heard say this, uh, especially on the right, and put it as clearly and articulately as you have, uh, talking with Seth Grossman. I give Craig Calloway a lot of credit for, even after being under indictment, speaking to this group about similar issues to what, what, what he's being charged for. I don't know of a lot of other criminal defendants that would do that, but he honored his commitment. I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, well, well, that, well, that's that's it. The irony of uh, of you have him; he has a criminal record because he what he did in the past, and of course, those criminal uh, charges were all based on politics. Back back in the Chris Christie built his reputation, basically uh, charging politicians in New Jersey with corruption if. Uh, someone would give them a campaign donation, and then they'd do a favor for the person who uh, who gave the campaign donation. Well, if you use that as the standard to lock people up, you, you probably right, 90% right. of every politician in America would, would go to jail. Oh, so no doubt. I mean, I that, said that when Chris Christie was U.S. <laughs> attorney. You're, you're exactly right. Give me the uh, the highlights from what from you. We're going to play a, a couple of clips, but give me what you think the highlights were of Craig Calloway's remarks to your group. Well, the, the the highlight was how did he go in the ballot harvesting business? And he just went into the background that he just uh, came from a, a family uh, with 13 children. He's one of 13 children. Uh, his parents told him how important it was to vote. 
uh, he always took an interest. Uh, if he weren't black, you would say he, he was almost an Irishman with the gift of the gab. Mm-hmm. He liked to talk to people. He liked to listen to people's problems. He liked to uh, help people out. And when you have, uh, you're a leader of a family with 13 siblings and you have their, uh, their children, their in-laws, the spouses, the cousins, the, the nieces and nephews, uh, he became very influ- influential uh, within his family. And, and then on top of that, he spent 20 years as an inspector, a business, what we call mercantile license, a business inspector, where many of the immigrants of, you know, from Pakistan, from Asia, uh, they'd be starting uh, uh, stores on the boardwalk. They'd be having parking lots. They'd have taxi cabs. And they found that that many of the inspectors were giving them uh, fines for petty violations. Uh, and, and, and the inspectors were an annoyance. Craig Calloway took an interest in them. And, and instead of trying to fine them for breaking the law, he would teach them how easy it was to get into compliance. So he would just have people that uh, just liked him. And when it came election time, he would suggest, well, here's who I'm supporting. Here's who's uh, good for us. And that's what he did. Uh, and, and before there were paper ballots, he would get out the vote uh, of, of a lot of people who supported him. But he found it frustrating because a lot of the low motivated voters, he'd get them registered. He'd get them right. And uh, then they wouldn't vote. vote. And then then they wouldn't show up on Election Day. And once he found that they had changed the law in 1990s that said you didn't need a legal reason to get a paper ballot. He just put his operation on steroids and, and turned what you, uh, you know, 30 or 40 uh, absentee or messenger ballots into 1,500 to 2,000 of them uh, for him and his, uh, the people working with him. And so just so I'm clear on your take on these uh, recent charges uh, involving Craig Calloway, where uh, he's been charged with these with with election fraud, you don't believe that he – not nothing to do with his previous case where he went to prison, just this current case. You don't believe that he broke any laws. You believe everything that he did was legal. And the sole reason he's being charged is because he's using his talents to benefit Republican candidates like Jeff Van Drew rather than Democratic candidates. Yeah, we've reached the point in this country, as I mentioned before, the fact that he uh, he promised to speak to us and and then he had the charges against him. And then he had his lawyer saying, you know, don't go anywhere. Don't say anything. uh, wait, Wait until the trial. The fact that he kept his commitment showed that Craig Calloway's character, he's a man of his word. Uh, I've always found him to, uh, to tell the truth, to do the right thing. But in this uh, environment we have now, where uh, you know, there's so many details and so many technicalities and so many uh, uh, ways that if you do almost anything in America today, you are breaking some law, often inadvertently. And, and whether uh, they had the, uh, Craig Calloway on uh, video surveillance, for six or seven weeks, uh, watching him process, uh, I, I'd say, hundreds of, uh, of ballots. And they're saying that there were irregularities in four of them. So I don't know the facts of the case. I don't know whether uh, he got careless or whatever. I don't th- believe he intentionally violated any law. But again, when, when the government is out to get you uh, from the Trump case on down, uh, they usually could find almost anybody guilty of something somehow, some way. So I, I'm really uh, worried about him. I'm praying for him. I think he's a man of good character. Uh, I think he's targeted uh, just for the reason that uh, if he was still working for, for Democrats, uh, there, uh, 
this never there would be no charges. There'd be no video surveillance. They they wouldn't have the whole FBI uh, watching him for months mm. and months. And, and by the way, forget Craig Calloway of Atlantic City for a minute. You had a very similar situation in Patterson, New Jersey, New Jersey's third largest city in 2020, where you had a very similar situation where uh, you, you had a Democrat friend uh, of the establishment governor, Phil Murphy, was up for a city election. And then you had upstart Democrats use these same uh, vote harvesting techniques uh, that, that unseated uh, Governor Murphy's favorite mayor and favorite uh, people. Uh, Governor Murphy used the state attorney general to indict those people, put them in jail, uh, and uh, claim there's all right. sorts of ballots fraud. But the story that is never told is after the investigations were over, they, they did the election all over again, and the same people won. Right, right. That's such a good point, Seth, and you're, you're exactly right. And that's something that's been ignored by both the local media and the national media. We're talking with Seth Grossman. I, I, Seth, I could talk with you about this stuff all day. There's two final things that I want to ask you about, though, before we run out of time here. W- given that you've followed this stuff for a while, given the fact that you don't agree with the changes that have been made uh, on the national level with things like the Help America Vote Act and even on the state level with the use of uh, of no excuse absentee ballot uh, voting and things like messenger ballots. The, the problem that uh, the, the Republican Party has is they spend a whole lot of money um, on traditional way of voting. It's not going to work. You're going to lose. You're going to continue to lose all the elections. If you continue to, um, you know, Get your politics and getting people out to vote the way your parents and grandparents did. You got to make the transition. You got to make the change. What do you think the Republicans can learn from someone like Craig Calloway and what he does in terms of ballot harvesting? Well, uh, the real thing is motivation. Republicans historically are awful at ballot harvesting for a very natural reason. Uh, Democrats traditionally look to government for the solution of their problems. And if you depend on the government to give you what you want, and being the true libertarian conservative I am, government can't do anything for anybody unless it takes stuff away from somebody else. So Republicans always have a, a bad feeling of, of, of using government, and therefore uh, you know, somebody who's Republican doesn't want to do the dirty business of going door to door and getting every relative of yours who you don't like and uh, – you know, and who couldn't care less about politics and just flattering them or doing whatever it takes to say, uh, okay, could you vote for this? Could you fill this out? Could you uh, go for this candidate? It just goes naturally against what most conservatives and Republicans, it it, it goes against their personality. But uh, we almost have to think like the Emperor Hirohito after World War II. You know, we have to uh, do the bear the unbearable and, and do the unsufferable or suffer the insufferable and do something Republicans do not like to do to get into this dirty business of politics just long enough to change the rules back to what they were before so we could have a normal country again. Uh, So I'm not saying this is normal. I don't say this is something we like to do, but we're losing our country because Democrats and socialists and uh, jihadis, in other words, all the people using politics for the wrong reasons, for money, for power, um, uh, you know, to, 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 for, for some uh, fanatic ideology, they are winning the election process. And, and we Republicans, as distasteful as it is, 
we have to play that game or our children and grandchildren are not going to have the country we had. Are there any places in the country where Republicans do this effectively, where Republicans take a page out of the Callaway playbook? Yeah, uh, like Florida with Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, He was the guy who figured it out. And every bit of dirt and every uh, ballot harvesting, every unfair thing that the Democrats did to Trump, uh, they did the same stuff to DeSantis. Don't kid yourself. Florida was uh, was not a red state uh, five, uh, ten years ago. DeSantis turned it around by doing all that. And I think one of the biggest tragedies to the Republican Party is that instead of working with DeSantis, instead of uh, building on, on what DeSantis did in Florida and taking that nationally, uh, Trump, for his petty personal uh, either ego or his ambition, really trashed DeSantis instead of learning from him, instead of building on his achievements. But, but yeah, uh, whatever Republicans have to do around the country, they did successfully in Florida. And I hope that, that somehow we could put that back together again. And uh, lastly, Seth, given what you said, that most of these uh, instances of, you know, uh, election, what I'll call shenanigans, are not the result of ballot stuffing, but the result of this sort of thing. Note what you refer to as no information voters having someone else retrieve their ballot and casting a ballot for them or persuading them to fill out a ballot. Do you believe that, as a lot of Americans do, that the 2020 election, was rigged no uh it was not rigged uh and 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 again a lot of people a lot of very expensive republican consultants uh who got paid huge amounts of money uh to run races for republicans uh, forget what happened in 2020 uh as you know i ran for congress in 2018 against mm-hmm. the blue wave right and we had this uh this this multi-millionaire bob hugan spent an enormous amount of money on consultants uh, to to to, uh, to win the campaign, and of course he got clobbered to Bob Menendez, a, a Democrat under indictment, and you know these Republican consultants, they're not going to say uh, we screwed up, we wasted all all of your money, uh, but please hire us again for the next election. Uh, because they're not, you know, so they would say, oh, it was stolen. If, if, if only this didn't happen, if only that didn't happen. So, so a lot of losing Republican candidates don't want to admit why they lost or how they lost. A lot of expensive Republican consultants don't want to admit how they missed the obvious. So they have been feeding what people want to hear, uh, and, and really built this stolen election narrative when actually it's, it's, it was good old fashioned politics. Uh, that has been going on since the Boardwalk Empire days of Nucky Johnson and 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 Frank Farley after him in Atlantic City. But uh, you know that that's what's going on. That that people are gullible. They they want to believe that most Americans supported Donald Trump in, in 2020. But the fact is, he lost a lot of support in key areas. And the other thing that people don't mention is the demographics. Most Trump voters were older, so many of the voters who voted for Trump. <laughs> Uh, in 2016, they had died by 2020. So, uh, you know, so that's a, a myth. It's a very destructive myth because when you think that the problem is stealing and you're, you're, you're spending all your efforts fighting a non-existent problem, you're going to miss doing what you have to do to really win the election. And that's, that's the main reason we, we brought Craig Calloway to talk to us uh, two weeks ago.
I'm going to have to leave it there, Seth, but I could talk with you for a full hour more about all this stuff. And uh, you're such a refreshing, independent voice that uh, says a lot of things that most people don't say on both sides of the aisle. I appreciate the perspective. And do me a favor, put in a word with your friend Craig Calloway. See if we can get we can get him to come on this show. I sure will. And again, libertyandprosperity.com, all the stuff I wish I could talk about for an hour, but I can't talk about. I take out my frustration by posting it there, libertyandprosperity.com. Check Thank you out. very much. Check Craig. it out. Seth Grossman, if you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, fascinating, fascinating stuff, especially for our listeners listening on uh, Talk Radio 1400 WOND in Atlantic City. Give me a call, 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. selection from our listener of the week, the lovely and talented Deborah McNally, a former teacher whose uh, dad was sort of a legendary private investigator and cop. He worked on the um, he worked on the OJ case as a private investigator. He worked on the Patty Hearst case as a private investigator. Was personally acquainted and had a pretty good relationship with uh, those of you that know about your mafia history, Joe Watts, Joe the German, and um, you know is uh, really a, a terrific person. And a uh, great listener. She's this week's listener of the week. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. You know, speaking of Atlantic City, I was informed that the St. Patrick's Day parade that they're having this year is going to be the biggest ever. And Kelsey Grammer is going to be back. And In fact, Kelsey Grammer told me about it. And, you know, he's going to come on the show and talk about it as we get closer. But uh, he invited me to come down there. And, you know, I'm on the wagon for Lent right now, and Lent will not be over by then. And I really don't have any spare money to gamble with because my money is tied up in anticipated summer school expenses. So I'm thinking, okay, going to Atlantic City and not gambling is one thing. But to not gamble and not drink, ugh, is it worth making the trip? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that one out. All right. 800-848-9222. A um, 
I want to thank Joe from Ronkonkoma, a great listener, who sent us a little gift yesterday. And I don't encourage anybody to do this because we honestly don't have room for much. But this was really creative and really nice. He sent us a collector's edition gift set of Barbie and Ken. But it's Barbie and Ken as Star Trek characters. It's a Star Trek version of Barbie and Ken. Ken looks like Captain Kirk, and Barbie looks like Yeoman Rand. Now, it says on the box, I don't know when this is from, it says on the box that it was the 30th anniversary collector's edition. I'm not sure if it's the 30th anniversary of Star Trek, which would have been 1996, or if it's the 30th anniversary of... um, of Barbie, which I don't know when Barbie started, I think in the 50s. So I guess it would have been in the, um, you know, in the 80s. So a very nice gift from Joe from Ronkonkoma. I saw he spent $10 on postage alone. So it was uh, really very, very kind. All right. Uh, 800-848-9222. I don't want to make anybody be limited to just a few seconds here. So uh, hang tight and we'll try and get to you. You want to email me, you can certainly do so. Frank.Morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. That's Frank.M-O-R-A-N-O at redappleaudionetworks.com. A lot to get to, and we will. Uh, two really incredibly talented entertainers we just lost. We'll talk about them. And this is one of those shows where I wish we had another two hours because there's just not enough time to get to everything that I want to get to today. Oh, you know who's not running for president? Who is now running for president once again? Marianne Williamson. Now, we had Marianne Williamson on the show. I thought she was interesting. And, um, you know, I thought she was an important voice that needs to be heard. She dropped out. Well, yesterday she said she's back in. How do you do that? How do you come back? Well, I guess Ross Perot did it, right? Gary Hart did it. Didn't work out too well for either of them. Perhaps it'll work out better for Marianne Williamson. Your influence counts. Use it.